Welcome to the Get Over Divorce podcast, where you'll learn to get your power back, hold healthy boundaries, and become the confident, successful single woman who can find real lasting love yet. Divorce sucks, but the rest of your life doesn't have to. Let's create a life you love. I'm your host, relationship coach, Julie Danielson. Let's do this. This is like one of my best students, Crystal Radwanski. So I invited Crystal today because I absolutely love her story and she was just one of the most dedicated students I've ever had. And what I love about that is when you do the work and you do all of the work, you get the amazing results like Crystal has had. So Crystal, do you mind giving us like kind of a snapshot where you were before we met and then like I don't know, kind of like what got you on the phone with me? Yeah, so um, I had been divorced for three, two and a half years, I guess, when I found the Thriving page. And um, I had done counseling for a long time, both um, couples counseling with my ex-husband prior to us. Um, deciding to separate and then subsequently divorce. And after the that decision, um, I did counseling for like two years. And um, I kind of started going less and less. Like it went from like every week to every two weeks. And then um, I was just going once a month as kind of a check-in, but I was really feeling super stuck. And I remember I had been following the page for... I don't know, a few months, I guess. And, um, this page, this page, <laughs> and I was watching your Facebook lives on Fridays. Cause you only used to do it on Fridays back then. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you specifically had done one about counseling versus coaching. And, um, you really talked about, you know, counseling is continuing to like relive your past and, you know, you talk about items in your past and then you process those items from your past, but it doesn't really give you any tools for how to move forward. And so, um, and then you talked a lot about what coaching is, right? It's, it's about taking those situations and finding a new thought pattern for how to move forward in your life. And it really, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And so, um, I have to admit it took me probably like two months to like get the courage to actually like book the call with you because I was kind of freaking out like I was like okay why is it scary for people to book a call with me (laughs) no I mean like thinking back it was like okay I mean part of me was kind of like well is this really real um I think a big part of me was like I don't know that I can do this yeah like I don't know what this is gonna take I mean I've always been a confident woman but I've not really been self-confident, if that makes sense. Like you can throw me in a workplace environment or in a room full of people I don't know, and I'm going to own that room. But when it really came to like my own self, how I felt about myself, um, I really didn't have a lot of confidence in myself um, to do some hard work. For me, it was kind of like 
making that commitment to myself, or at least to look into this to see what it was all about. Love it. I think the difference in confidence is like, um, gosh, how I've described it before. It's like you're confident in your ability, but not like inward, like your self-esteem. Yeah, absolutely. It's like literal self-confidence, like inside internal confidence. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And I remember a lot of the struggle that you had when we first talked was in relation to your ex and um, having some big expectations of him to take care of the kids. And really, like you were staring down the barrel of the reality is I'm going to be a single mom. Yeah. I mean, I did it all myself. And I kind of like walked into separation and divorce thinking, oh, he's going to like be 50% of this now, (laughs) you know. And so um, I was kind of facing, you know, I was a couple of years into that already. And I was continuing to um, kind of like go down this spiral every time something happened that I was thinking this should be different now. And it wasn't. Yeah, I think we did a lot of work on that. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think one of the first things that really transformed inside me was there was like a pivotal moment where we, I realized that, you know, I had always had these expectations of him. And suddenly I thought being divorced meant those expectations were going to be met. And the reality was you're not going to change that person. And so um, there was just like a light bulb that kind of went off that, that I was like, oh yeah, this is not going to change. So I need to figure out how to handle that and start developing a new thought process around how do I deal with this going forward? I think a lot of women have that exact same problem and they're so stuck on their thought that's keeping them in that victim mentality. Absolutely. And they're not looking for how should I be thinking? What should I be feeling? They're, they're just so stuck in that anger, bitter resentment, right? And sitting there and being angry and bitter and resentful isn't going to get you the life that you want. Right? No, for sure. And that's what I hit you guys over the head with a lot, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once you realize that you have the power to change those thoughts, which I, I mean, I remember you saying that on Facebook lives before you and I connected and you were like, you can manage your thoughts. And I was like, you can't freaking manage your thoughts. Like there's no way. How do you, because a lot of that is driven by emotion and I'm a very emotional person. I mean, you know, I've kind of a boisterous personality and I mean, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And so, you know, if something's going on, happy, sad, indifferent, I mean, it's very easy to tell with me. And so I was like, there's no way I can like control this, (laughs) but I could. (laughs) isn't that crazy and like how do you think everything changed for you once you started to like manage your mind I mean I know from the outside like I see you as a very transformed person from the inside out like you were always very um I want to say confident in your ability in your appearance but there was something inside that was lacking that real self-love, that real self-esteem. And I think you really went to work hard on that. Oh my gosh. 
I mean, I remember, in fact, I was just talking with somebody last night about like how to transform your thoughts. I'm like practicing what I preach now. <laughs> but I but I was like, when you're in that, and I love how you call it like the pit of misery, right? And I look at that, I never really was in the pit of misery with my divorce per se, yeah. but I was definitely in the pit of misery trying to fix myself, trying to lead a better life and being very conscious about things that I was doing, things that I was thinking and trying to find that different thought pattern. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, for me personally, um, it was a journey of self-love 100%. Yeah. And I can't really like describe what happened. I mean, I remember us talking about it on calls and I was like, what is this? Like, like people are like, oh, go for a pedicure, you know, love, you know, self-care, self-care. And I'm like, self-care is not doing this for me. I'm getting my nails done. It's not working. I'm not liking myself anymore. No. Um, and so I don't even think a pedicure, a mani-pedi should be defined as self-care because it's just not at all going to do the trick, right? Yeah. And so like, I really... Self-care. Yeah. I mean, I know you talk about the bitchy roommate a lot and I, I think that's what really. So why don't you describe what that is really quick? Oh, um, so the bitchy roommate is that voice inside of your head Yeah. that when you consciously say, I'm going to do this, she's like, no, you can't. What do you think you're doing? You're never going to make it. All of those nasty, nasty things that we would never say to our best friend. Right. Um, But she is in there chattering away all the time. She's like your super drunk roommate. That's a bitch. (laughs) Total fucking bitch. (laughs) bitch. Yeah. And she lives inside your head. And I think it's so funny because when people start to like wake up to the, oh my God, I can control that. It's like every fucking thing changes, right? It's so funny because I will never forget way back when Becky saying, I can't help how I feel. And then like after she really sat with that lesson on how you can help how you feel, it was like her whole life changed. Everything changed. She's like, okay, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, whatever it is. And I think once I realized I mean, you know, there's some things that I've heard for years, right? Like you should talk to yourself like you talk to your best friend, right? And I'm like, of course I talk to myself like I talk to my best friend. I do consciously, but it's the unconscious thought and voice in your head that I never really realized was happening until I realized it was happening. And it's it's such a sabotage. Like it sabotages everything. Oh my God. Everything. Yeah. Everything. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So you went through my program. Shit was changing. I want to say another place that you were really miserable was your work life. Yes. Um, Had several management changes and I really was feeling um, super defeated in what I was doing, even though I was doing good things where I was. Um, I definitely did not feel valued at all. And I, I mean, I know, you know, you're supposed to get the value from within, but there is a reality. We worked on that. We like deep to see, is it how you're showing up? that's creating that? Or is it really the outside that you can't help? 
And, and I think sometimes we do need to give up at a toxic workplace, just like we would a toxic relationship. And Absolutely. you got to the point where you're like, yeah, this shit's toxic. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I really did. Like once I realized that I was like, this is like my marriage. Yes. And I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm yeah. so out. I'm so yeah. out. And yeah. so I did, I consciously made a decision that I was going to set out on a journey to find an amazing job um, that paid me what I knew I was worth. It uh, was something I totally enjoyed and that was a good fit for my kids and I, because I do have them um, a majority of the time. And so there had to be a balance between travel and money and um, you know, vacation and sick time, like all of those things. Mm -hmm. And so I, I set out to accomplish a six figure salary because I knew that that's what my skill set was worth. I ended up with a 20% higher <laughs> offer <laughs> than what I originally set out for. And it is an amazing company. I have never in my life felt as valued as I do at this company. You and um, to go with it, right? Aren't you like, oh my God. You yeah. got the pay, you got the title, you feel totally valued. You have an amazing boss. All this shit happened right before COVID and then COVID happened and you're still, you're kicking ass, taking names at work. And now you have new love. Let's talk about your dating journey a little bit because it's been some <laughs> fucking, it's been a bumpy <laughs> ass road. <laughs> and let's just be real. That's what everybody wants to hear about. <laughs> bumpy is certainly a descriptor for it. <laughs> so like, I want you to describe to me, like, how do you see yourself old crystal when you first started dating? There was no attention in my marriage, none. Right. And so I absolutely you were was seeking attention. Yeah. And, and I was wanting to get it however I could get it. Mm -hmm. And I was um, putting myself in relationships that um, were not going anywhere, that um, were surface level meeting my needs. Yeah. I mean, I was. I was just starving for attention. And um, I was also... Um, I've always been a hopeless romantic, so that's just who I am on the inside. Um, but that hopeless romantic was diving into things that weren't, well, you can explain this because you helped me with this, <laughs> I, I, but I was, I was seeking. I think you projected all these amazing values and qualities onto these guys and they really didn't have them. And, and they didn't deserve what I was dishing out either. No, not at all. I think yeah. it went really fast, really quick, like, like in all the ways. And, um, you had like your idea of him was better than what he actually, the reality. Did. Yeah, absolutely. By him. I mean, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> except this one, except this, this one. one, except this one. <laughs> Cause this one's going really fast too, but it's yeah, so different. You still, you still pulled back the reins. I did. Times. Yes. I watched you. I watched you do it. You were just like, um, yeah, I'm not going to be attached to the outcome of this. I'm not sure. I, I think I sense a red flag. So I'm just going to like slow down in my brain a little bit. 
And like all of those little moments where you stopped and reflected and had the deep, hard fucking conversations with him that you needed to have, it was like it, he met you at that next level and that next level and that next level. And it was like, oh my God, as I was watching it unfold, I'm like, oh my God, he's like doing all, he's doing what he needs to be doing to be on par with you, right? Yeah, and I, I mean, I still kind of sit here in disbelief a little bit, like this is happening, like, and what's interesting is I'm still like, even though I'm like totally in this, I'm still not attached to the outcome. Like, you know, there was a time where I was like, you don't need him. You know that you don't need him. Right. Right. I love that. Um, yeah. So it was, it was definitely a bumpy ride for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And I think the earlier relationships you were like, I'm going to make this work was kind of like your MO. Like I, I can make this work because he's not my ex. He's definitely better than that guy. Like, yes. It's going to be better than that, right? But, and that kind of played into that whole self-worth journey that I was on, right? That I really, like, in my heart, I really, even though I wanted something amazing, I really, like, honestly, truly, deeply didn't believe that I was worthy of it. And once I stood in that honest-to-goodness knowing that I deserve this, I mean, that was a great game changer. I I know I said just on our page the other day, someone was asking for advice about, um, you know, should I call him? I was always putting all of me on the line, like right away. And so, um, you know, part of that self-worth is realizing that if he likes you, he's going to call you. And if he doesn't, that's okay. It has nothing to do with me. That was another really big lesson was realizing that somebody else's choice to call me or go out with me or cancel a date on me really had nothing to do with me. Yeah. And that in itself was a game changer. You, you stopped feeling that rejection piece. Yeah. You just totally let, let go of it. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's no longer about rejection. It was like, well, he just took himself out. We're not a fit. Not my person. Not my person. And I love that. I think it's the best attitude to have when you're dating because like when you're dating with this like deep grip on he's got to like me, then- Well, and I had that deep grip. I was like, I, like I have been, and I want love so freaking bad. Yeah. I do. I still do. Yeah. Like if this relationship goes sideways, I still have a desire and we but all my desire, desire. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different. It's just different now. Yeah. Because like you won't do it at a cost to you just because yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So just give me all the highlights, all the shit that's changed since we've worked together because like I have seen such a massive transformation and I've seen that like light go on in you. That means you really have accomplished self-love, which like totally almost makes my eyes tear up thinking about it because I think it's so big and it's like the biggest thing. You don't, I mean, I really outside of you anymore. I'm trying to work with my daughter. I have a 12 year old and 
um, her bitchy roommate is pretty bitchy. And so we actually talk about it very openly about the voices in your head and the things that they say and that we have the power to control those. Um, Because I wish I had known that at her age, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I have an opportunity to really help her start to manage that before it gets to a point where I got to right at 40, whatever, how old, ever old I am. Um, So I would say like my biggest things that I like feel like fucking rocked it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is like really managing my thoughts. You kind of kind of allude to some woo woo stuff in your program a little bit here and there. I've been on a spiritual journey at the same time, um, both faith wise and in the laws of the universe. And um, that's really helped me to stay grounded as well. Um, I really believe that, in fact, I just posted on somebody's thread today. I was like, look, everything's going to work out because guess what? It always freaking works out. Like regardless of what the outcome is, it always works out. And typically later we realize why it worked out that way. Right. Um, but it does, it always works out. So Um, so I think managing my thoughts for sure, um, because that really helped me in my managing the relationship with my ex. And I mean, I have to admit, I still am triggered quite a bit by him, but I don't spin out of control like I used to, like, I'll just get pissed off and then I'm done. Right. Um, where back in the day I would spin for days. Right. And just like continue going down. Like it was just compiling kind of like a tumbleweed, right. Just like picking up shit all the way down the, wherever it was headed. I'm just pissed off and then I move on. Um, so managing my thoughts for sure. Self-love I can say changed me in so many different ways and self-worth, I should say it changed my career. And, and COVID has kind of been an interesting thing that played into all of this too. I mean, it's really helped me to enjoy my kids more. You know, part of, part of me, I was always thinking I needed to be doing something, right? That's how I felt love or worth for myself. And now I'm like, the house hasn't been vacuumed in eight days. So what? Let's go for a bike ride. <laughs> Let's go to the beach. <laughs> I can honestly say that my kids are feeling it. I mean, they feel that we're having more fun. And even my daughter today, she's like, mom, you have the prettiest smile. I mean, I mean, I just am walking lighter. I'm just honestly walking lighter every day. I love that. And I mean, a new love helps with that too. So (laughs) isn't that amazing? And it, okay. So I, I talk about this all the time, like to my current group of women, but you have to tell me the exact number. There was a point where I said, if it took you a hundred dates to find the man of your dreams, would you do it? And so, you had to sit on that for a little bit. You had to like sit with that and, and you kind of changed it. You, you were like, okay, I'm going to commit to a hundred connections. I think. Yes. 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 I did. I did. I started a hundred connection challenge in last fall, maybe. I don't know, but I think you only got to maybe January I 17, got- number 17, oh, 17. Okay. I've been mm-hmm. saying 15, but it's 17. Okay. That's yeah. amazing. I think I'll double, I have to look at my list. I can't look at my list on here, but I think it was 17 ongoing spreadsheet. <laughs> it's a running list. It's stalled right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're like, you're in love, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. But I think for me, like, because I think too, with COVID and just dating in general, you know, it's hard to sometimes get that first date, right? We can, and, and for different reasons, a lot of women just don't feel comfortable meeting right away until they've talked for a certain period of time. So I kind of defined what I thought a connection was and, and because some people just didn't want to meet, especially at the beginning of COVID. Right. And so, um, so for me, that was a way of saying, okay, a connection meant at whatever point I said, I'm not interested anymore. Oh, I love that. So it's where I felt I got to know that person enough, whether it was in person or not, that I was like, you're not my person. I'm moving on. Okay. So and, um, texting conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And most of them were, I mean, we had really extensive phone conversations and, you know, they, in, in one um, case, I live right on the border of Canada. And so, you know, 50% of my dating pool is in Canada. So when the border shut down, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, it like cut my dating pool in half. Um, but one, you know, there was a couple of gentlemen that I were talking, that I was talking to up there. And I mean, I was looking for ways to try to meet and, um, finally things just kind of started for whatever reason. I was just like, you know what, this is not, for me. This is just not for me. I mean, regardless of the border situation, I was like, this is not for me. So that's why I didn't take the date challenge and, and called it a connection instead, because it was me making the choice to walk away from that for whatever reason. Okay. So I'm really curious. There's a lot (laughs) that makes me scared. (laughs) No, this is, you're going to love answering this question. Trust me, because I see you commenting on these questions online Women post from their most sad, he left me for another woman place, right? And they're so heartbroken and they can't figure out why they weren't good enough for him. What would you say to her? I would say his choice was not about you. I mean, I really would say that. The fact that he didn't see the treasure, the gem, the special person that you are has nothing to do with you. Nothing. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, fortunately, you know, my marriage was, um, I mean, we just, we just couldn't get along. There was no infidelity. There was no, I mean, it it really just was, we just tried for a lot of, a lot of years. And I mean, ultimately I just said, look, you're not going to change and I'm not going to change and we don't mesh. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I mean, I can't Wait, speak to being an attractive way to look at your relationship as we, we're just not a match anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. But really, I mean, that, that was a really, a really big lesson for me realizing that even in my own marriage, like when I was like, when I finally just said he is who he is mm-hmm. and that's okay it's okay for him to be who he is. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that I need to forego every desire that I have because he is who he is. And, you know, whatever those men choose to do with that, um, you know, for me, I just, like I said, I was starving for attention and affection. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, yeah, and a lot of women I just, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, it really, you know, the thing is we are who we are too. And we can choose to make a choice, which is what I did. I was like, I'm just choosing to not be in this anymore. So, yeah, I mean, I know it hurts. It hurt me for a lot of years. I mean, a lot of years. But really, who they are and the choice that they make is really not a reflection on you at all. At all. At all. I love that. It's so true. And, like, you've really up-leveled your life. How do you feel that's true? Once I realized that I could be treated the way I wanted to be treated and be compensated the way I wanted to be compensated and be valued the way I wanted to be valued, I was like, why does, in fact, that's the same journey I went on in dating as the journey I went on for my new job. Yes. Like exactly the same journey. It's the exact same journey. I totally, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I am in it to win it. There's no other outcome. Like worthiness goes across the board, right? And when you finally recognize your own worthiness, your own freaking value, like everything just went up here. Like even, even like you described, you're, you're a better mom, right? Oh yeah. You're a better worker. You're a better woman. You're a better girlfriend. Like you, you so much more to the table. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I find myself talking about a number of girlfriends that are dating still. And, um, you know, I have one and she just, I'm just like, let him go. He's not your person. Like you deserve so much better. And yeah, I mean, really, it's really being convicted in that really being convicted in knowing what you want. I think that's key. Knowing exactly what you want. Standing um, yeah. yeah. And absolutely searching for that without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And not, self- and knowing you can get it, but we have to put in the work to get it. Yeah. And what do you believe the work to get it really is? Not settling. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the thing, like in dating, I mean, there's the red flag part of dating, right? Where it's like, yeah, he's an alcoholic or you know, yeah, he's a gambler or, you know, like a lot of those like red flags. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they're, but then they're like, just because somebody doesn't show affection the way you want them to, that's not a red flag. I mean, it might be for some, for me, I wouldn't call that a red flag, but I definitely know that that's something I'm looking for. And so if they weren't that way, I was like, again, oh, that was another big lesson for me. Accepting people for who they are Mm-hmm. not what you want them to be. Yes. I just said, because yeah, for a long time, yeah. I was trying to make my husband be who I wanted him to be. And I was holding out for that. And, um, when you can like, look, I think that's marriage one and then marriage two, it's like, we get to know that I'm only going to marry this guy if I can love every fucking thing there is about him. Right? Today, on day one. Yes. 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 And if something comes up and you're like, oh my God, I do not love that. And I cannot love that. It's a deal breaker. Yes. It right? can become one. Yeah, for sure. Totally. For sure. It should be because you'll be trying to change it forever. Yes. I mean, there's some things that it's like, well, he likes heavy metal and like, 
yeah, I can probably live with that. As long as he's in the garage. <laughs> Headphones, sweetie. Headphones. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's one of those things. It's like, is it a quirk? And I can live with it. And I can right. love him even right. with that. Or am I going to- Love him through it. Yeah. Or am I going to try and change it? Yeah. Right. Right. What else? Anything else you want to say before we wrap up here? Just kind of going back to when I made the decision to call you. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some hesitation about making that call, having the confidence to make that call. Mm -hmm. And then there's making the choice to make that investment in yourself. And, and I absolutely knew that I have never invested in myself. And if I was going to invest in myself, this would be it. Because honestly, I mean, I knew that it would change my life then. I did not know the impact though of what that life change would mean for me. And so, you know, making the decision to make the call. And I think you do a really good job of determining if it's a good fit or not. I think that we, we, you, we have to do the work. This, this program is not about checking boxes. I mean, it's not. And I have to admit, part of me kind of went into this program thinking that like, oh, I'll just do this and I'll do this. And once I started the, I mean, you said like, I did the work. I did the work plus I did the work. And once you start doing that work, you kind of get in this tumbleweed of the other way. Like I remember days, I remember us talking and I was like, I am so fucking tired. Yeah. Like I cannot. And it was because I was journaling like, 45 minutes a day and I was decompressing all this shit I was like why am I so fucking tired and you're like because your brain is making new connections and and you were having breakthrough after breakthrough and then oh my god when you break through it's like you hit this new plateau of problems and I always say (laughs) new level new devil so and And it's never going to freaking end. (laughs) The low level problems is obsessing about your ex, right? And then the problems where you are right now, like what kind of problems do you have right now? I I, I don't, I don't even know. I honestly don't have any high level problems right now. Like, I don't even know what that would be that I, that, that would even shake me right now. I mean, maybe a death. I mean, honestly, (laughs) the last time I talked to you, you were crying because you were getting, you received your first bonus check and it was like, it flattened you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. It was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here and it's amazing to see your face and I love that it, it sounds like you've like literally just like ascended to this amazing place of happiness and joy and love in your life. And I could not be more proud or more happier for you. And I just want to repeat that this is what my best students look like is they do the work. Like she said, she journaled 45 minutes a day. It was crazy. And it's hard. Like this work is not like, it's not a cakewalk. And if you come into it expecting it to be, and expecting me to do the heavy lifting for you. Nope. I might point it out to you that you're at the gym and you're not lifting the weight. <laughs> right? You did you did that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> like slap from Alaska. <laughs> yeah. I know, I love it. But it really, you know, it's just a true testament to what 
life coaching and an amazing student and, and how transformative everybody's life can be. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So great. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, Crystal. Bye, Bye everyone.